Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. I am your host, Alan Seals, and today we have an up-and-coming actor who I am incredibly excited to share with you, Aaron Dallavilla. Oftentimes I interview people that are already on Broadway or who already have decades of what I will call theatrical success. Aaron is only a couple of years into his performing career, and he is one to watch. He is up and coming and has so much talent. He is a classically trained ballet dancer and a rapper, something that he has uh, found and discovered as a method of of a bit of self-expression, even most recently into COVID. But he's got a huge TV and film career already, and he's coming to the theatrical world to bring that into his resume as well. This guy just seems to be able to do everything and has an incredible story and is very, very honest and raw about who he is and how he got here. So Aaron, thank you for sharing this story. As always, before we get into the episode, find me online, Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast on Facebook slash official theater podcast. You know, if it's not down for whatever reason, please leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening now. And everybody, please enjoy this episode with Aaron Dallavilla. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Here you go. One, two, three. My guest today was most recently seen as the slimy character Mordred in the Bay Street Theater production of Camelot. He has numerous theater and film credits in addition to TV credits, including Gossip Girl, Girls 5 Eva, Madam Secretary, Gotham, On the Verge, and Late Night with Seth Meyers. He's both a classically trained ballet dancer and a rapper. Aaron Villa, welcome to the Theater Podcast. What's up, man? A hell of an intro, man. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start. I want to start with the ballet dancer and the rapper because those 
those are things, those are two bits of culture that I would not have expected to have a wonderful crossover. So, so let's start with that. Tell me, tell me how you got, I guess, you know, little Aaron, right? How did you get to be this classically trained ballet dancer? And where did rap come in? Man, uh, ever since I was a kid, I, I was always a big fan. I guess the rap came first. I was always a fan of hip hop music. You know, I listened to Kanye West and Jay Z growing up, and then the crossover with Linkin Park as well. Uh, so that was my thing. And uh, I got into music first. And then my mom was basically like, I could do a little hip hop and stuff because I liked hip hop music. I like to dance that style. And my mom was like, they need a guy on the dance team. My sisters were on the dance team, a local competition dance team. And I said, okay, I'll do it. So I started doing hip hop and the teacher saw me and was like, I really want to put him in ballet. And I was resistant at first, but then I started doing ballet and I, I, I fell in love with it and I got good at it. And then I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to be a ballet dancer. So uh, actually the rap led to hip hop. No kidding. Yeah. I, I mean, the la the rap led to ballet and not the other way around. Right, right, right. Yeah. So wait, where? how old were you then at the time when you started first rapping and then when you got into ballet? Started rapping uh, when I was probably around this 12. 12 was when, you know, I didn't, wasn't like rapping, rapping. I just had an affinity for the music. Uh, 13 when I got into ballet and then I started writing lyrics uh, when I was about, when I moved out, like 18, 19. Yeah, and I just store them on my computer and I never did anything with them. And it was actually the pandemic that actually said, hey, it's time to put this out into the world. Oh, wow. So this yeah. is this is sort of a, a newish thing, I guess, to to put yourself out there in terms of receiving criticism <laughs> because when you start writing songs yeah you know what I mean? like you it's know vulnerable what? oh it very much so and that's why i'm happy that i put it out there because i've come to a point where i've realized <sighs> everyone's kind of busy with their own thing no one really cares <laughs> if people want to have an opinion about something fine but i do this for me you know, I do this for me just so I can put it out there and say, hey, I did that. It's out there in the world. Let it be what it is, you know? And if it catches fire and if people love it, great. If people don't like it, then they don't have to listen to it. So, Right. Well, that's that's a good attitude to have. I think <laughs> there's there's so much, and especially in the performance aspects, right? The the performance space that mm. uh, the the people lend itself to uh, to doing this type of work because they're seeking some sort of validation. They're seeking that that attention to to get the the I guess the the affirmation from others for one reason or, mm. or another. So to be able to say, you know what, I'm putting this out there for me, and if you don't like it, just don't listen to it. That that's that's a really really good start. And you know, if if I were to look back and give advice, this is my advice: is that I think you're doing, I think you're doing a good job, and just like remember this, remember that you said this, because I think there's going to be a time when you're like, oh my god, that critic, that critic doesn't like me, or you know, oh, if you're if bro, you're like, it's already happened. Like literally, I sometimes I can't watch the reviews. I got a new movie coming out. Literally. I've had reviews that didn't like my character or they complained about the film or whatever and stuff. And I can take things so critically and harsh. And yeah, that validation. I first started doing this industry. I wanted to make it so I could, uh, you know, get my mom a house. Like I wanted to get her out of the living situation she was in and I wanted to provide for her and stuff. And now I do this for me. Like, I don't do this to get their approval. I know they're proud of me. But at the same time, I don't need them to be proud of me because I'm, prou I'm proud of me. 
Like mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg talked about it. He was like, I want to thank me. I want to be proud of me. And that's how I feel. I thank me. I want to be proud of me for going through what I went through and coming out on the other side. And uh, yeah, so the validation comes from me being proud of what I do. But yeah, 100%, man, you got to stay grounded because that one critic could say something and all of a sudden your mind starts spinning and the self-doubt creeps in, all that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Can, can I ask what, you know, you said you, you're proud of you for going through what you went through and coming out the other side. What does that mean? Man, it's coming from Suffolk, Virginia, man, and seeing you know, people getting married at 20-something. And not, not, not that it's any wrong, but, you know, but like, I, I just had, uh, you know, bigger aspirations in life. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. uh, and just coming from that environment and not being in the entertainment industry and family has a past uh, dealing with addiction and illness and, you know, coming from that environment and, and getting out of that and becoming independently financially stable uh, on my own. And uh yeah. That, that's that's come come basically I didn't say I came from nothing but I did come from like middle class blue collar like you know um and there were situations where I felt like I was held back you know personally growing up like uh when I was dancing my dad um you know uh Billy Elliot they they were like yo he's got to audition for Billy Elliot on Broadway he's got to audition for Billy Elliot all on Broadway my dad wouldn't let me audition for Billy Elliot on Broadway because his best friend in the movie is a homosexual and i come from a very conservative upbringing and very mm-hmm anti-homophobic and all that stuff. And now I work in the arts, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, but listen, they're from a different time. He was born and raised, you know, he was born in the 50s. You know, like like they're from a different time. So, mm-hmm. Not 50s, he was born and raised in the, how old is he now? 50s, 50s, 50s 70s. But anyway, 70s. but like that, they're from a different time. You know what I mean? So, but that's, that's where I came from. And I said, when I was 18, I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. So I did. So I did, man. So yeah, it's 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 made me a part of who I am today. It's made me fight harder. It's made me more ambitious. And um, I really know the value of a dollar. I really know the value of a dollar. So I, I can relate to to growing up in the South. Um, I, I, I grew up in a tiny little town in North Carolina. Oh, so. man, which one? My family's from North Carolina. My mom's family's from North Carolina and South Carolina. I, I tell people I'm from Raleigh because that's all, that's all that they... Yo, that's, that's what I people got know. I got but, yeah, but it's... it's I'm actually from a, a town in, called North Wilkesboro, which is where NASCAR was created. If oh, man. If, you, if y'all was a NASCAR fan, then uh, the speedway I'm around a, there, man. I don't that, a shit about NASCAR. <laughs> I could hear it on race day from 10 miles away, but that's about as close <laughs> as I ever got to it. Oh my God. No. Yeah. So also the Tyson chicken processing plant, the capital of the, uh, of the East coast. I think the most, most of your Tyson chicken comes from this processing plant in my hometown. That's amazing. It. It's not even real chicken. Amazing. <laughs> God, this is way off topic. I love it though. The, the, I remember driving around the, 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 highways and when i was going you know to and from high school and whatnot and you get stuck behind a chicken truck like just one of these giant 52 foot flatbeds with stacks of chickens and the stench 
that comes off when you're driving behind is I'd rather I'd rather sit behind a garbage truck. I'm good, man. I don't I don't buy nothing on Tyson chicken. I don't buy frozen chicken, man. You know what I mean? I'm good. Well, that's uh, that's that's my hometown, so I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I, listen, I relate. My my mom is Jesus, man. Like, um, you know, super conservative. The rapture's happening in a year or two years, oh, whatever it is. The new world order. Uh, like, listen, I I got stuff to do. Like, let <laughs> y'all can y'all can watch YouTube videos all day. I got stuff to do. Okay. All right. Wow. I got an interview with the theater podcast. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so y'all stay over there and I'm going to go over here. So, yeah. So, yeah. so the, I recently saw you um, in Camelot. I saw, I saw the production of Camelot. Out oh, you did? In, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my man. I did. I loved it. Thank I loved you, it. Man. Thank you, man. That was, that was the first thing I saw. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. That was, that's the first the first theater production I saw post-pandemic. Well, wow. no, post-pandemic. You went a year and a half without seeing live theater, basically? Pretty much. Damn. Yeah, there was not a lot, there was not a lot happening. No, and it was no. so nice to get out there. And and um, like I've been friends with James Harkness forever. And I love I, James Harkness. I live with him in a house. Yeah, I know. Me and a few other. I love James Harkness. I'm actually going to his invited dress for Ain't Too Proud on the 15th. Mm. Oh, I cannot wait! I cannot wait to see to see yeah. that crowd back on Broadway. But him and Jeremy Kushner, and of yeah. course, it was fun because the night I was there, Julie Andrews was in the audience. Oh, oh, you were uh, the opening night or closing night? Closing night, closing oh, night. Oh, where yeah. were yeah, Julie Andrews with yo? It was lit, man! It was lit. We had a great time. It was so oh. cool, yeah. Because her daughter, she and her daughter started the theater, the Bay Street Theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's that connection there. But anyway, I bring that up because like you've got rap, you've got ballet. Um, I love how they threw some ballet for you into the show. That was pretty cool. I was like, damn, that dude can dance. And, and that's funny is that Marco Santana. So I people used to see me as a dancer, and then I had an acting coach basically say, take the dance credits off the resume because if people see you as a ballet dancer, they don't see you as anything else. It's weird. I don't know what it oh, is. Oh, good yeah, advice. It's, it's, it's weird. So put the dance in your special skills so that people see you as an actor. Now people see me as an actor and the, the ballet is kind of a secret weapon that I use. So I show up to, to rehearsal and Marcos is like, starts doing the choreography and I'm like really catch on. And he looks at me and he's like, you a dancer? Like, 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 what's going on here? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do whatever, whatever. And he's like, all right, so do some fuentes here. I was like, okay, cool. So, so it's cool. <laughs> but it's better to have as a secret weapon if you're trying to stay um, diversified. And if anything, I've learned with investing in stocks and Bitcoin and whatever stuff is also the, the, the diversification of your portfolio. If you want to work, be diversified. Be focused, but be diversified in your skills and your and your your talents. Well, so so. Of everything I've been reading, right? You know, we got we've got everything we've talked about, but then, of course, talking about Camelot and the other theater credits you've done, mm-hmm. you're a singer and you're an actor, yeah. and and man, you you got the slimy. Oh, I, Mordred! I wanted to hop up on stage. You hate him or what? Did oh you my hate god, him? Mordred! Yeah. I was just like, oh, what a jerk! And he does it in such a way where he's not like, ha ha, I'm evil. He does it in the way of like. Hey, how you doing, Dad? You good? Like I'm here yeah. to be your friend. You know what I mean? And yeah, he's like, just like, sly as shit. Just, uh, yeah. 
So where what did where what path do you want to go down though? Because now you're you're moving you're moving ballet to your special skills. You're yeah. moving dance to your uh, special skills. Yeah. And then you've got these these movies that are coming out. You've done lots of TV credits, and now you're singing, right? You can sing. You're on. You're doing this theater. Would you go? Do you want to go to Broadway? Do you want to keep doing film? What do you movie, where do you mo- want to go? Movie star, movie star. That's that's the the focus. Movie star. Yeah. Um, so, uh, a Broadway Broadway movie adaptation. How that would be that? sick. Listen, listen. If I I have a an offer to do an off Broadway show next year, I'm waiting on the contract. Uh, that would be a year and a half contract. Um, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, if I got offered the opportunity for Broadway, you know, I want it to be the right role, something that I could consistently do eight shows a week and keep bringing 110% of myself to it every time and never, because mm-hmm. I don't ever like to get into a situation where I'm just kind of like, all right, let's get this over with. Let's churn it out because the reality is, and you know, people talk about this, uh, there's that little kid in the audience. That's me when I was a kid who's seeing up for their Broadway show for the first time. You know what I mean? So I want to be that spark of inspiration that kind of bites the bites them. You know what I mean? But I feel like you have so much more accessibility with film to reach a wider audience. The beauty of theater is that it's that moment that is captured in that time and it's never seen again until the next day and it's a completely new moment. But Mm -hmm. then the beauty of TV and film is that it's captured forever and someone can see, it can be seen by so many more people. Uh, So my biggest path right now is focusing on uh, the movie star angle, uh, but being open to the universe's opportunities when it comes to TV, film, and uh, those are those those are the main focus. It's it's acting for sure. The rapping, the music, I put that out because I love it because it's a hobby. I'm not trying to tour or anything. I'm very lucky because they've actually been able to blend one of the movies I have coming out. I actually play a hip hop mogul, <laughs> and I wrote two songs for the character, and they're actually in the film. So. That has happened. That's what I wanted to happen. I wanted the things to kind of marry on that scale, and they have. So, and that's only happened because I've I've put the work out, and the universe has been like, okay, let me let me let's let's meet, let's come together. So that's my focus right now. And the dance I like to have as a special skill thing on the back burner and stuff, um, because you never know. They can make a, a remake, another remake of Footloose, or. They can make something, and it's like, oh, we need a dancer or whatever and stuff. Okay, Aaron's ready to go. You know what I mean? Listen, so you got Lin Manuel, who's who's merging hip hop with Broadway. I think you got a path to merge hip hop with ballet. Yeah, you know that's 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 a great thing you say. You know, if I were to come up with a show like Hamilton, but my own version of something, a Broadway show, I mean, that man is. He is really connected to the source. You know, he is connected to some sort of artistic energy. And I know he's a he's a workhorse. The man just works nonstop and is just so dedicated to his craft and just so absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, that would be definitely something uh down the road that I would be interested um when I've satisfied these other things that I want to do first, and then maybe we can step back and say, okay, I want to create this thing for the stage or for the film, that kind of thing. Because right now my focus is, besides auditioning and what I'm shooting, uh, developing this one feature film script for me uh, that I'm really excited about. Um, 
And uh, then maybe other projects will come in down the line. I don't like to be working on too many things at once. And I can do that because then my energy just gets spread out and thin and uh, I'm not able to focus as much and stay mm -hmm. as grounded as I want to be. Oh, I totally get that. And it, feel, it feels like the... Uh, and I don't know if, I guess, I was going to say, I don't know if it's good or bad. I think it is leaning more towards bad. Mm. Um, but with the with the the use of the internet, the use of social media, um, that the majority of, uh, it's not as easy just to show up in New York and be on Broadway anymore, to be, to be, mm. uh, to have that talent and come out. Because now all things equal, you get, you're going to probably as a producer, pick the person with the bigger social media following. And that's going to come from, from if they've been in TV and film. Mm -hmm. You know, that does have to, yeah, that, well, I will always think that merit and talent will overtake social media. Always. Now, I think social media is a great avenue where you can, if you have a talent, if you dance, if you act, if you sing, I think putting that on social media is a great avenue. You know, I've booked jobs off of social media. And yes, the social media angle is a very real thing that we have to take into consideration now. But I've been told by directors that it's first, are they a professional? Can they do the job? Are they gonna be are they gonna be crazy? Are they gonna be good? And then what's their social media following? Yep. You know, maybe commercials where it's more about, you know, you're selling the product. All right, cool. We want to, you know, get someone who can promote it and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to the craft and the talent, I will always think they will take someone, casting directors, they will always take someone with talent and merit before social media. And them having the numbers just so happens to be a great thing too. You know, that's why I personally, I have someone who manages my social media because I personally can't stand it because I will find myself scrolling and then all of a sudden I'd be like, whoa, wait a minute, I've lost it an hour. I've wasted an hour of my time. Mm -hmm. I'd much rather be someone who's well-respected for what they do. And not to say that people on social media aren't well-respected for what they do, but as someone who pops up in movies and, and, and shows and literally people are like, oh man, I love that Aaron Delavilla guy. He's, he's, he's great at everything he does, everything he does. So I'd much rather focus on honing my craft and, and working on those projects than being on Instagram all the time. You know? Do you think, I know, I know this pros and cons, cons to both, but I'm wondering what your, what your thoughts are on, on the people who, who use social media to, to show truly the authentic side of, of everything, right? The good and the bad of like, oh, I'm having a bad day. I called out, I'm having a panic attack. Like the, the, the good and the bad versus um, uh, others who, and, and I'm guilty of this too, of just mm. only posting the good stuff sometimes. Cause I'm like, I don't need people to know that, that I'm unhappy right now. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say for those who do post the reality of life, bravo to you showing the goods and bads, uh, because your honesty is is what social media needs because we have to realize that social media is not real. This is an image that we put forward for people to believe. You know what I mean? Like some, like I'm, I'm verified now, you know, to some people they're like, oh, it's blue check, whatever and stuff. People don't know that literally this past weekend I worked a catering job, 
you know, for some extra money at One World Trade Center. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People who see my profile on Instagram would never know that. Right. Because they're like, oh, they only see what I want them to see. And for the most part, I'm posting like editorial shots or I'm doing good or review and blah, blah, blah. I will post like, yo, social media is not real as well. And I'll talk about that in my live Instagrams as well. I always think it's beneficial for us as a society to show both sides of true and false. I think that's better for us and our mental health so that we stop comparing ourselves to each other, which is something that I can get into. Because um, I'm comparing it to their highlights on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I actually worked with a guy. Uh, he works He works with Tony uh, Tony Robbins. He tours with him. Nick Sanatasa, Santanatasso. Um, and the dude made a song and I was in his music video and and he talks about how Instagram is our highlight reel, you know? So I would say that anyone who's posting content, uh, you're doing better for society to post the goods and the bads, but you might not get as much followers because <laughs> it's, that, it is just what it is because, you know, Instagram, it's about the flex. Mm -hmm. It's about the flex and you hear it in our culture you hear it in our music. And I actually think that's what prevents us from being truly vulnerable. And that's why I think it's so important to have art, which allows us to be vulnerable and to look at society, you know, because if we didn't have art, everything else is just ego. Think about it. It's just ego. Well, hold on. I got to process this. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's gonna be. I saw the quotes on your Instagram that you had different guesses. So we're gonna pull <laughs> some pull a quote. Yeah, it, it literally is. It's you know, it's just um, if it well, it wasn't for art, you know, everything else would be would be ego. So we're gonna take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, so let's get back to what you said a second ago about uh, about maintaining mental health, right? Because you mm. say you don't you don't want to post and the highlight reel, right? Is the, is more of the good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but so, what do you do when you've got so much going on and and you know the the times are good, but you're still doing catering jobs for extra mm -hmm. money and you know the the stress 
of mm-hmm. maintaining this life while still maintaining the appearance of being successful in this life, those those come hand in hand, right? I mean, so, I mean, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? Maintaining my, the life that I do and uh, the social media keep up? No, like literally, you, Aaron, mental health, like closed mm. doors. Um, um, the end of the day, you're tired. What do you What are you doing? What are you doing to to unwind, to recharge, to make to make you feel better? Meditation. Meditation. Um, I got a candle lit. You know, I got up at 8 a.m. today. I like to get up early and have my cup of coffee. I have an espresso machine, you know, and sit back, put on my robe. You know, I got a few robes that I like to wear around the house. I put on my robe and just take in the day. Um, I always make a to-do list uh, every day for what I want to accomplish. And um, I try to spend less than an hour on social media. The biggest thing for me is time management. So less than an hour on social media, post on IG, post on TikTok, let everyone else who I have working, who's managing whatever and stuff, take care of that aspect. My biggest thing in Instagram and social media platforms was I wanted to get verified because mm-hmm. you know that was the biggest thing. Then once I got verified, I was like, okay, cool, I can chill. Because when there's more movies come out, more people see you in these productions, they're going to follow you because mm-hmm. they want to follow you. And that's way, because I, I think we think of it such as a backwards way, like, oh, we have to get the following to get the job. No, just get really good at what you do, get the job, you'll get the following. Trust me, you will. People see your work, they want to follow that. Look at Squid Game, all those actors, social media accounts blew up and stuff. But what do I do, Aaron? It could be a bath. It could be uh, Epsom salt. It could be this lavender bubble baths. I love bubble baths, candle. <laughs> I swear, man, I got incense. I got Palo Santo. You know, I burned that. I got the crystals. I wear a Moldavite ring. I'm into that life. Um, I'm about to get into Reiki. Um, Reiki, whatever the hell is Reiki, Reiki, Reiki. Reiki. Uh, some girls like, oh, I'll do this. And I was like, oh, I'll try it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, and also it's realizing where your energy is sucked. Like I can't do too much catering anymore or work in the sur- work in the restaurant energy anymore because I don't like how, for the most part, it makes me feel about myself, you know, and my self-worth. And mm-hmm. we really have to like because money is energy. It's not just, you know, most of the time we trade our time for our money and we time our energy. But if you're going to work a job that's going to devalue your self-worth, it's going to affect you much longer than after that shift ends. So where are you spending your time? Is your energy being fed? If not, like I could work 18 hours on a song or a script or whatever and stuff, but I'm being fed, you know, as opposed to working six hours on a catering job, waiting tables where I'm exhausted by the end of those six hours. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So how do I refill the well? Uh, It's real spiritual stuff. You know, it's prayer, it's meditation, it's, uh, it's staying grounded, you know, so that I'm not all over the place and that I can effectively manage my time. That's that's such a self uh, a high highly high level of self awareness that I I wish more people had. Bro, it's taken years. Um, it's taken therapy. It's taken sobriety. It's taken. Um, I I think that's the biggest thing is that when now that I'm like been sober for a while, 
you get really clear, you know, and then you mm -hmm. realize when you walk out into the world, how many people are operating from a place that they're not fully aware they're operating from. Does that make sense? Like literally, it's like, I, I think to myself, I'd be like, why is this person so crazy? Like I was talking to myself, talking to my, a friend the other day, and I was trying to communicate with them in a grounded manner. And they're just going all over the place. And I'm looking at them as an observer. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're operating from this place. Okay, this argument is not worth my time. Let's end it. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I can, I'm just in a really grounded place right now. Listen, I can have my moments where... You know, especially if I'm working on a show or a character where I can get emotional and, you know, I just have to remind myself to be grounded and self-aware. Um, I think self-awareness is, is one of the most important things that we can have uh, as human beings. So, Well, thank you for, for talking about sobriety. I think it's really important and it kind of puts... Not not having met you before this, uh, it, it puts some things into perspective about what you were saying about um, how you're recharging and valuing mm. your self worth. And there's a there's a lot that that I think when you go through um, when you go through AA and when you make the choice to become or to stay sober and whatnot, like you have to do so much self reflection, and then you're you're relying like that was filling a void. So first, it's like identifying what void that was filling, and then you got to figure out how to fill that void with something else. And so that that's why I think it's really cool that all the stuff you're trying, you know, looking for these alternatives, these safe and healthy alternatives, right? Like it, it is as hokey as it sounds to some people who may have never tried it. Reiki, if it works for you, awesome. Um, if Epsom salts work for you, bubble baths, putting on your favorite robe. I have a friend uh, who her whole thing is like kimonos she just wants to wear kimonos around her house that makes her feel happy all day long right so find what works for you and figure out figure out what what it is that's going to keep you happy and grounded because like you said i love how you put it where um if you if if you're working something if you're around energy that makes you feel less about yourself then you're not going to want to put forth uh i forget how you said it uh, that your energy is going to suffer your work is going to suffer your creativity is going to suffer mm-hmm yeah, if you're working on something that makes you feel um, that that limits your uh, your sense of self worth, the lasting effects is going to happen further after you've ended that shift. You know, so yes. if it's it's not going to help you, then um, we all understand that we all have to make a living, and I have a certain amount of money that I like to make a week, so you know, regardless of what I'm doing. So, you know, I'll structure out and be like, okay, I can handle these 12 hours, whatever, of doing this job that I don't necessarily like for the benefit of having that money to do what I like, you know what I mean? So I have to just prep for that. And I think all this self-reflection and AA stuff that really helped and because you do have to make amends and look into yourself and stuff. And it made me realize that the hole I was filling was the hole that, of a child. Like, you know, I growing up didn't feel like I got the love and attention that I wanted. Um, mm -hmm. So I was always seeking this validation through attention, which is probably why I'm a performer. <laughs> uh, you know, it's that love and attention and being the middle child or whatever. But uh, now going through all that, I do it for me now. You know, I, I do it. I look at the inner child and I talk to him and I'm like, I'm proud of that inner child. And I do this for me. And now that kind of takes the pressure off because 
You don't have to impress people or because what I've realized is that you'll never change people. You can try to, the, they have to choose to change themselves. Mm-hmm. You can impact people. You can potentially persuade them, but ultimately it's their decision to change. So lead by example. Just continue to put the work out. Let your actions speak. That's the biggest thing, man. I, got, I was catering with this guy and it's, it's really sad, you know, when you see someone you lived with when I first moved to New York. I was living in a house with 10 dudes um, and one of them was my ex-manager. And uh, so it was nine guys and he all represented them. I don't think any of them are acting anymore. Um, and this one guy, he kind of had, you know, mental problems and stuff. Talented guy. Um, it just energetically is not in the right place. And, you know, to look at how both of us, not to compare, but like um, the paths that we had taken since seeing him, you know, living with him five years ago are drastically different. And I'm glad that I committed to the work. And, you know, he's in my ear telling me about all the things that he does, is going to do and all that stuff. And I wish him well, but talk is one thing. Mm -hmm. No, the ability to go out and do something and to be consistent with it, which, oh my gosh, if you show, showing up is the most important thing. Showing up consistently will put you on another level because the reality is that most artists, actors are downright lazy. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, man, like most people are lazy. Literally. I I I wouldn't confine that to actors. I think it's just in general. In in general, most people are lazy. And uh, I I just, I can't not wake up and do something. You know, some people be like, Aaron, do you ever take a day off? And I said, yeah, there are days where I severely need to recharge. And I'll be honest, I do nothing. Mostly on the weekend, sometimes I will literally do nothing. And those are some of my most recharged days. But besides that, I am going and going, hopefully in a steady, grounded manner to where I'm not wasting all my energy. It's not scattered. It's focused. Um, So I'm using it most effectively. But if you show up and you continue to show up consistently, that speaks for itself. And then when you walk into these rooms, you don't have to prove anything because you've already done the work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest, like I'm now seeing that is that all the work I've put in is now starting to pay off. And then people are starting to see me differently. And then they're like, oh, and I'm like, oh yeah, because I did all this work and I just continue to show up consistently. And now my job is to just Stay on that path and find ways. Always be looking at yourself. Find ways. How can I improve? Because we don't improve through leaps and bounds. We improve incrementally. Mm. You know? So Because otherwise, if we try to do leaps and bounds and stuff, we're so quickly to resort to our own habits, our past habits, because we're habitual creatures. Find little incremental things that you can improve on. You know? So... That's perfect. So yeah. I want to touch on one more thing, though. Della Villa is Italian. Yeah. 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 
And you were telling me a sec uh, before we started recording that that you work with a genealogist to find to yeah your heritage. So I was uh, judging this my friend's comedy show the other day, and I met uh, Deborah Gregory. She created the Cheetah Girls, uh, and we we became friends. And then she starts talking about how she hired a genealogist because. She didn't know anything about her and she started from scratch and then she realized she was black and Italian and that she was related to all these people. And I said, I got to do this because it's weird coincidentally, but I don't believe in coincidence. You know, I believe in the universe. Um, I found out recently that my Italian family off Ellis Island, they, they migrated to Ozone Park, Queens. And we have you know, cemeteries there with my mm -hmm. family relatives who live here. We helped build houses for the mafia, actually. Wow. Uh, yeah, we were constructors in New York, construction workers in New York. And also then we worked in Virginia, Norfolk. And I found out one of my relatives who's in, is a sergeant in the NYPD, he actually came and saw Camelot, him and his girlfriend. Um, so I got connected with him. Then I was like, you know what? I, my uncle was like, hey, you have a relative in Italy who works in the film industry. I want to connect you guys. So he came to New York and now he's working over in Italy. So I thought to myself, huh, how can Aaron Della Villa expand? Well, if I trace my roots back and find out that I'm eligible for Italian citizenship, for one, I can connect with all of my family there, which will welcome me with open arms. But I could become fluent in Italian and then go work in the Italian indish film industry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking in terms of expansion. So I hired a genealogist who's going to trace my my already already have a lot on Ancestry.com done. Is going to continue through with the main focus of is Aaron Villa eligible for Italian citizenship, which I hope I am. So I'm excited, man, because the life unexamined is a life not worth living. So I'm really examining my life and I want to know where I came from because it, it kind of gives you a sense of pride and, and a sense of purpose in what you do to know, man, my distant relative was this, you know, they did this really cool thing. You know, I'm honoring the family and the tradition and, uh, and community and connection. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting for me. It's really, because I don't want to hear these stories of like, Oh yeah, well your family was this, this before this is, and then not know. You know, I want to actually be like to my kids one day. You know, if I have kids um, or if I adopt, basically be like, yeah, you know, I came from da 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 da. -da so you're from da 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 da. You know, like actually have the evidence and it be real and it be factual, so they can take that on uh, when I pass the torch. So very cool oh no. that's that's so cool now now you're making me want to go and, and right track, track down my lineage so too my sister's wedding is this weekend and uh i'm gonna get my mom and dad to take a dna test so i'm gonna order them on ancestry.com um and watch i'm gonna do it my i'm gonna be like yeah i'm gonna find out if i'm eligible for it. watch the rest of my family who's there is gonna be like i want to take a dna that you know, like everyone's gonna want to do it and that's what i mean like as opposed to me being like, hey, do you guys want to do this thing? Just by me being like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing to figure out da-da-da, it's going to make them want to do it rather than mm -hmm. me forcing them to do it.
Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. All right. So three closing questions I ask everybody at the end sure. of the episodes. The first sure. one is what motivates you? Oh, um, what motivates me? The desire to be better. I think if I can add two, mm. just given the conversation we just had, it's self-discovery. Mm. I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> I am it makes sense I am a Sagittarius so the, the self-discovery yeah 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 alright alright we'll go with that one <laughs> alright so the next question then is what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path I got a lot of advice I would give him um be patient be patient life is a marathon uh be patient, work hard. Know that uh, the universe works on its time, not yours. So. All right. And then the last question, if you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? TV, film, theater. Interpret it as you will. Your choice. Hmm. Come on, you got to limit. You got to narrow it down from Okay, that. theater. Theater then. Theater, theater okay. okay. Um, network, uh, Brian Cranston. Ooh, I never saw that. Fantastic. I was so upset I never saw Fantastic. that. Fantastic. He's one of my favorite, and he's favorite an, actors. Look at his career. See, this is where I talk about patience. You know, like, um, he became a world-famous star after Breaking Bad. And he didn't get his Malcolm in the Middle break till he had done. Look at his resume. Like mm -hmm. one episode here, one episode here, one episode here, two episodes here. You know, he had done a lot of work. And that's the kind of career that I think is one of the best careers because he's just so well respected. You know, he's and he's not just famous to be famous. You know, he's he's respected. And people are like, man, I respect that guy because of the quality of work he brings to the table. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, there was something that somebody told me uh, once, and I forget who it was. In one of these, one of my episodes here, they said that um, we were talking about child stars and whatnot, mm. and and we were saying this person told me that they think that people uh, kind of get stuck in the in in an emotional rut um, that keeps them basically where they were when they got famous. Mm. So as a so as a child star, that's why you know maybe a lot of uh, the hypothesis was a lot of child stars grow up and they still have so many issues and uh, a need for satisfying that inner child because that's kind of where they're stuck. They never were allowed to grow up because the world continued to treat them like whatever they were when they got famous. Wow, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that may be why Sarah Paulson says her advice, don't succeed too early. Yeah, well, so... Taking this back to Brian Cranston and other people like Morgan Freeman and these people who have had massive success starting in middle age, mm -hmm. I feel like they they have a presentation about themselves that is much, much more earthly and grounded and, and whole than than your your traditional child star. Yeah, I you know, I'll I'll stop there, but that's I that's, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly where you're going down, and I agree with it. Cool. No. Well, then where can we find you online and in the wonderful world of social media? Instagram. <laughs> uh, everything is uh, Aaron Della Villa. So Instagram, Twitter, 
at Aaron Della Villa. Is it on TikTok too, right? Yeah, I get a TikTok. You know, I only got 600 followers. I post here and there kind of thing, you know. So whatever. Well, let's let's work on on growing that. Get 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 the ticky talks up. Um, yeah. You know, what's funny more. is that my goal is to get to two thousand followers, and uh, uh, then get once I get my verification badge, I won't give it. I won't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. It's all about that blue check. I know. I know. Well, when you get more of me at the theaterpodcast.com, I'm not on TikTok. I don't know what I'm doing on TikTok, but I am on Instagram <laughs> and Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast, Facebook slash official theater podcast. Leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening. This has been edited by Well-Rounded Hoodlum Productions. Jukebox the Ghost gave us the intro and outro music, and Aaron Dallavilla gave us this wonderful conversation. Thank you, Aaron, so much. Thank you, Alan. Thank you so much uh, for this interview. And thanks for coming to see Camelot, man. It means a lot. Oh, it was good. It was so good. I, just to be be in a theater again. And it was it was outdoors. And the weather was perfect. And the energy was amazing. And my God, thank you for, for doing that, dude. It was incredible. Excellent, man. And I'm not Mordred. So, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's something, that's something else. That was uh, Anna Gunn. Anna Gunn told me once, she was like, she gets so much hate about being Skylar White. And I was, you know, talking about Breaking Bad again. Yeah. You know, just people send her hate mail and they stop her on the street and they're like, you're a jerk. You're a, how could you treat him? Like, that's my character. I'm, yeah. I'm literally performing something somebody else wrote for me to do. Right. Like, I'm a nice person. I really am. <laughs> So yes, Mordred is Mordred is a character. People, Aaron yep. is a cool guy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs>